Hello and welcome to level 33 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight, coming to you from the United States of America. I'm here for a couple of months on vacation. I actually learned a bit of American history in the past few days. I mean, I'm calling it American history, it's probably not, but I thought I'd share it with you anyway, because the city of Topeka, Kansas, did you know that back in August 1998, for one day only, the city was renamed from Topeka to Topekachu. And the mayor at the time renamed the city, which was in line with the original Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue games in North America. And actually last year, in October 2018, the current mayor of Topeka, Michelle De La Isla, renamed the city to Topekachu again for one day. So there you go, there's states in America renaming their cities to Pokemon. I didn't know. Now I do. Now you do too. Oh, let's get on with the show! Pick a Have you ever wanted to rule your own kingdom? Have you ever wanted to sit on the throne and take questions from your citizens, the peasants, the soldiers, the local town drunk? Well, you can in a game called Yes, Your Grace. Yes, Your Grace will be out in early 2020, Your Grace. And I had the fortunate privilege of taking part in a little beta for this game. And I have to say, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. So let's start where we always start, with the synopsis. These are troubling times, Your Grace. The petitioner's petty matters exceed our limited resources. To say nothing of the war, a careful balance must be struck. Your throne awaits. And... Yes, Your Grace is a kingdom simulator where you're managing the resources of your empire with regards to military, with regards to gold, with regards to supplies. The really cool thing that I like about this game is that there's the ongoing narrative that it's not just pure simulation. There's actually a story going on in this game. So within the beta, you're greeted with a scene on the ramparts with your archers all ready to fire on an oncoming army and then time moves back that's that's what's going to happen in the future so you're kind of presented with a vision a glimpse into what's going to happen there is a oncoming threat that you begin to learn about as your early days on the throne but you also have issues with regards to managing family matters you've got warring daughters who are conflicted with each other and then there is situations where you're connecting with influential figures to form alliances and maybe you make promises to them that involve your family members or other members of your society and how that impacts your relationship with them going forward too is something that plays a factor in this game. So you'll start your turn by sitting on the throne, you'll have a queue of people that you need to address, you can converse with them as much as possible or you can dismiss them. Usually a lot of people from your town are requesting gold or requesting supplies or 
Perhaps their son has gone missing in the nearby woods. You need to send a general. But you only have so many of these, so you have to manage your resources. And you can't keep everyone happy. That's the big thing here. You can't keep everyone happy. And you're trying to achieve your goals as a king. Trying to meet these objectives of an oncoming war. But there's also family stuff going on, which you need to manage. So it's about striking a balance, which can prove problematic as you go through this game but that is part of the challenge and also just when you're in that position of power of who are you going to help and you'll find that if you help certain people or you converse with certain people you might uncover information that will later help you with a future query let's say with somebody coming to the throne with a question for you but this game is presented in a pixel art point and click style it reminds me very much of the early days of a game like Monkey Island in its first form. It's very simplistic in its pixel art delivery. You'll move from scene to scene by clicking the edge of the screen and then you'll be presented with a map of your castle where you can visit various areas of the castle, the, the dungeons, your chambers, the council room where you'll converse with your allies to forge alliances. And I only played about the first hour of this game, but I'm really looking forward to this one coming out. I, I think even from a pure simulation side, this game has enough to keep somebody occupied. But then with the added layer of the narrative of the story, which I think it's very Game of Thrones-like, where maybe without the dragons. But I, I'm definitely getting that sense of there's a lot of twists and turns in the story that will... Let's just say put some forks in the road as you arrive at problematic decisions. So this is Yes Your Grace by developer Brave at Night and it's coming in 2020. So head over to Steam, get that one on your wish list because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm ready. I'm ready to put the crown on. I'm ready to sit on the throne and I'm ready to rule my kingdom. It's trivia time. So we were talking about Yes Your Grace looking after a kingdom. Where was I gonna go with this question? Well, I decided to go with this. Can you name the world where the Elder Scrolls game series takes place? The answer is Nern. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. To boldly go where no one has gone before. That is what I'm talking about next on Three Extra Lives because I read this incredible story on PC Gamer about a nine-year journey of an EVE Online player who visited every single one of its 7,805 solar systems. And this achievement was so great that even Guinness World Records took it up and entered it into their books because not only did this player reach every single solar system in EVE Online, they did it without a single combat loss, which for a game like EVE Online is pretty incredible considering the amount of players in that game, also the politics that goes on in that game with player-driven economies and player-driven communities that exist within that game. It just makes that achievement 
so much more incredible. And that was achieved in March 2019 this year. And what a journey it was. So let me set the scene for you. For the player known as Katia San, who is a role-playing character, the player behind that character is somebody called Ethan Richards. And they decided that back in December 2009, EVE Online had just released an expansion called Dominion, which had overhauled all the visuals in the game. And they decided, well, it was a great time to visit everything that EVE Online had to offer. Now there was players in this game that were racing around trying to get to every solar system but Katia Say, the player character, they wanted to take their time, they wanted to roleplay, they wanted to tell this journey which they created a blog and they documented their quest through the galaxy, through the solar systems. In a game like EVE Online if you haven't played it, it's been out there since May 2003 so it's been around for a heck of a long time and there is a lot of various alliances that have been formed like I say player driven economies the players run the the systems in this game there's huge corporations that have control of mining and it's like a real world going on in EVE Online and it's very player controlled. So as you're traveling through various solar systems, you're never really going to be alone because there's always going to be somebody around you. It's not like conventional MMOs where maybe you go to a zone where it was a couple of expansions ago, a couple of years ago, not many people are playing there and you don't really see any players. EVE Online, everywhere you go, solar systems, there's going to be people. Now some of these solar systems, especially in the early game when you're playing, are protected by a police force, an NPC police force that if you're going to shoot another ship or something nefarious like that, that you're probably going to be punished for doing that. But as you venture out into deeper space, it's pretty lawless and things can go down, you can get destroyed and if your ship gets destroyed you end up in a escape pod and if that gets destroyed you end up having to clone yourself and it just resets a lot of your progress. But this story of Katia Say really captured me because as somebody that's tried to get into EVE Online and just never been able to, I've always took a huge interest in reading stories that take place in this world because I feel like for me that's where I get a kick out of this game is, is reading about these incredible moments that happen in this game. So all the solar systems in EVE, they're connected by stargates and some of the solar systems have loads of stargates, some of them maybe only have one or two and most of the systems they're indistinguishable from each other. Say started this journey, they were taking in about six solar systems a night, they were cataloging each solar system, each planet and giving a update through their blog like I mentioned with any notable landmarks or events that happened along the way but they were totally giving this from their characters perspective. So in the beginning Say never had the goal of completing this journey without dying. It was never a thought that crossed their mind and as people in the game started to learn of Say's intentions of what they were doing they grew a bit of attention and not the attention you want in a game like EVE. So in EVE you can put bounties on people's heads, you can say I want you to eliminate the ship, you'll get a reward for doing it and that's what happened with Say. Say was a targeted <laughs> character 
Some players just wanted to stop Sei's journey, even though it was a pacifist quest of just exploration. There's still people out there that want to disrupt that, and in the world of EVE Online, things like that can go down. But the incredible part of this story is that no matter the bounty put on Sei's head, there was various rogue groups trying to hinder Sei's progression by camping out at warp gates where Sei had to log in at different times of the day to avoid these groups and sometimes characters were pursuing Sei for quite a long time but Sei always managed to get away. One of the most incredible areas I heard about Sei visiting was this online player-owned starbase which has actually been turned into a cemetery. Now this started off as a place for players to create memorials for their characters in game but soon it became a place for people to actually visit and leave memorials of people that they lost in real life and you can't create gravestones in EVE Online but what you can do is eject a cargo container and you can name it and this is what's been done in this planet now there's guardians that protect this starbase they protect the cargo pods that have been ejected by players with their own messages with tributes to people in real life as well and it's just kind of another layer of Eve's player-driven narrative and how incredible some of the aspects of that game are. As this journey reached its midway point, Sei had to start using the unpredictable element of wormholes in EVE Online to start exploring other solar systems and this proved okay for the first 2000 wormholes but as more wormholes got entered the unpredictability of where you were going to end up meant that a lot of research had to be used with regards to spreadsheets, with regards to resources online to measure where you were going to land with the wormholes and be able to land into the systems that you hadn't explored yet. Sounds like really complex stuff. Say was determined to reach their goal of visiting every solar system. And they did. On March 9th, 2019, Say's nine-year journey was done. They entered a final wormhole system and they had achieved what they had set out to do and they hadn't died once which was even more incredible and Sei said that throughout their journey when there was people trying to eliminate them with regards to bounties they never publicized that too much on their blog they wanted to focus on the journey not that they had escaped from players trying to hunt them down they didn't want to glamorize that to perhaps encourage other people to do that they kept it very low-key with regards to the close encounters that they'd had throughout this journey if that wasn't incredible enough that they had completed this nine-year journey the following day one of the developers from ccp who create eve online the community manager congratulated Say on this incredible achievement, but they also said, you've missed one of the systems. The system that Katia Say had missed was a system called Polaris, but this is a special solar system and it's only accessible to the developers from CCP games. And to celebrate Say's journey, they, they offered Say an invitation into this solar system and when they went there, there was, there was loads of developers there celebrating, congratulating Say on this magnificent journey. The final cherry on top of this incredible story is that the developers also announced that they would be placing an in-game monument to the character of Katia Say, and it would be placed in their home system of Sasso 3, which is where 
the character originally began their journey and in game now you can see this monument sitting there in game of the pilot of the character who is now officially retired the character parked up beside the statue and that was it nine years of somebody's life that has been documented and they probably have so many stories to tell they could probably write a book about what happened over those nine years trying to complete this journey in EVE Online but there's loads of stories about EVE Online out there for a game that like I say is very player driven you are gonna find these stories so I'll throw a link to that into my show notes if you want to read it in more detail it is very very interesting about the close calls and just the player dynamics of EVE Online I'm always very interested in reading more about that so congratulations Katiyase we salute you your space voyage it's trivia time so we were talking about eve online and katia says nine year journey nine years ago as of recording it was 2010 so let's do a little name the game this western action adventure game developed by rockstar san diego and published by rockstar games was the spiritual successor to the 2004 game Red Dead Revolver. The answer is Red Dead Redemption. You got that one right. Give yourself an extra life. And finally, on this level of three extra lives, I'm here to talk about Evergarden. And I got this in the Humble Bundle, and I was really intrigued to see this mystical, mysterious puzzler game. And it's premised, it's a very simple game, it's based on a hexagon grid, you're in this forest, and there's these plants that are growing within this hexagon grid, and you have to match the various plants up, and they go through various stages of from a tiny seedling, and as you combine two tiny seedlings, it becomes a bigger plant, and then if you combine two bigger versions of the plant, that becomes an even bigger plant, and then you combine those two, and it becomes an even bigger plant, until you get to a stage where you combine two of these fully formed plants, and it forms a pillar in the grid, which means you can't place anything there anymore. You also have this ability to progress time, which means the seeds grow back, but you only have a certain amount of these that you can use in a game, and if you run out of those, then it's game over, your score gets totaled up, and there's also a fox that's keeping an eye on you as you're completing these puzzles, and it might give you a suggestion of a combination of plants in a pattern that it wants you to do. Totally optional, but if you do that, you get a little reward, you get a little plant in your inventory which you can place on the board anywhere, and that can help you progress the puzzle. There's also little creatures like rabbits and moles that are interfering with your board at various times to cause you inconvenience as you're playing through this. But it's all set in this beautiful, mystical forest, and there's a story taking place behind this as well as you play through the puzzles, you'll get unlockables that you can use in a certain area of the forest away from the game board that allows you to unlock parts of this story that's that's going on. And I just thought it was a really simple game that as I was playing I thought, you know what, this is really addictive, this is really calming, it's really satisfying, and it's also really challenging because when you first play this game you think it's very simple it's it's not going to hold your interest for that long but there's so many layers to the 
dynamics to the eventual difficulty of this game and there's a lot of strategy involved in this. So the developers of this game, they spent years developing this puzzle actually and they wanted it to be accessible and relaxing but they also wanted it to be very deep and strategic which it is and like I mentioned on the basic level you combine these plants together to create more valuable plants and you grow this garden within a turn limit. There's all these secrets that you can unlock within the game outside of the main puzzle which I think keeps you playing the puzzle side of the game even more because you want to unlock the secrets that the forest holds. And the adventure story side of this game takes about four to eight hours to explore but there's also daily challenges and there's also a procedurally generated puzzle that occurs every day. I was really surprised with this game from Flip Fly Games and actually they are the developers of Race of Sun which I mentioned in the previous level uh, when talking about Vector so I shouldn't be surprised that I'm having a lot of fun with another one of their titles but definitely have a look for this one in your library. Maybe you got it through Humble. If, I think this game definitely falls under just a nice little time waster to sink some minutes into or maybe an hour or two because honestly it will surprise you just how addictive this game is. So go check that one out. That is Evergarden by Flipfly. It's trivia time. So we're talking about Evergarden. And let me think of another game with Ever in its name called EverQuest. So here we go. What year did EverQuest release? Was it 1997, 1998, or 1999? The answer was 1999. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of the show once again. How did you do on the trivia this week? Why not let me know over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 3 Lives. Always love to hear how you're doing on the trivia. Like always, you can email the show at podcast at 3 If you've got an indie game recommendation, if you've got a feel-good video game story to share, hit me up over there at podcast at 3 And you can find everything that I've mentioned on this level of 3 Extra Lives over at 3 actualifescom I'll have the show notes over there, links to everything. You don't have to go searching. You'll find it all at 3 actualifescom And that's it, my friends. We have finished this level of 3 Extra Lives. I thank you all very much for listening, and I shall see you all in level 34. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.